There's an old joke that goes, you can call me whatever you want, just don't call me late for supper. In my lifetime, I've been called a lot of things, some of them good, some of them bad. But perhaps the strangest thing I've been called is salt, which is precisely what Jesus calls us in chapter 5 of Matthew. Why would he call us salt? What does he mean by it? And how does it impact our journey of walking the way? In today's episode, we explore this strange name-calling incident and learn about offering ourselves up to God. You're listening to The Way with Father Dustin Lyon, a podcast of the Ephesus School Network. Welcome back to The Way Podcast. I'm your host, Father Dustin. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Let us be attentive. You are the light of the universe. A city lying on a hilltop can't be hidden. People don't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light to everybody in the house. In this way, let your light shine before people's faces so that they see the good things you do and glorify your Father who is in the skies. Don't set me down as having come to annihilate the law or the prophets. I haven't come to annihilate but to fulfill. Amen, I'm telling you. Until the sky and the earth pass away, not a single dot, a single hook in the letters will pass out of the law, not until everything has been done. Whoever nullifies a single one of these commands, even one of the least important, and teaches other people to do the same, he will be called the least important in the kingdom of the skies. But whoever carries out the commands and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of the skies. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. That reading was from Matthew 5, verses 14 through 19. It's the reading for the Sunday of the Holy Fathers. Today's passage tells us that we are the light of the world. The verse before, verse 13, says something very similar. You are the salt, not of the sea, but of the land. And if salt loses its bite and is dulled and dumbed down, What are you going to use to salt with? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and stamped under people's feet. Why would our Lord compare us to salt? Light makes sense. The way we live our lives should be a beacon of the gospel. But salt? To find our answer, let's turn to the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament. There it tells us that salt was added to grain offerings in the temple. It says, Moreover, you must season every one of your grain offerings with salt. You must not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be missing from your grain offering. On every one of your grain offerings, you must present salt. Salt is also mentioned in Ezekiel, who wrote, They will purify the altar just as they purified it with the bowl. 
When you have finished purifying it, you will offer an unblemished young bull and an unblemished ram from your flock. You will present them before the Lord, and the priests will scatter salt on them and offer them up as burnt offerings to the Lord. Notice specifically that the first passage, the one from Leviticus, calls the mineral the salt of the covenant. If you think about this, this makes sense. In the ancient world, a world before refrigeration and Ziploc bags, salt was how you preserved food. So salt was a symbol of preservation, which means that the salt of the covenant was a sign that God's covenant with his people would endure or be preserved throughout all the ages. It's a sign of God's faithfulness. As one of my professors is fond of saying, God is faithful to his promises. Now, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus describes us as salt. We, as Christians, are the preservation of the covenant, a sign that God is doing what he said he would do, that he is setting things right by dealing with evil and death in the world. He's working to transform the world and make us his people. But if we are salt, it also means that we are an offering to God. Just as salt was sprinkled on grain or meat became a part of the offering, so we also are a part of what's offered to God. It may be hard to get our heads around this concept, but I think we will understand it if we think of our service to others, our discipleship, as a service or offering to God as well as to our neighbor. It's probably no more evident than when a man gets ordained as a priest, or more properly, an elder, that is a presbyter, in the Orthodox Church. Let me explain. Within the main service of the Orthodox Church, the Divine Liturgy, there's a time when the priest, or presbyter, brings forward the bread and wine to set them on the altar. This is called the Great Entrance, and it's a very solemn moment in the service. As the chanter of the choir sings a hymn called the Cherubicon, the priest senses the altar, the icons, and the people while praying Psalm 51, or Psalm 50 in the Septuagint numbering. When the priest has finished sensing, he goes to where the bread and the wine await on the table of oblation. They are covered with a veil called the A'er. The priest lifts this veil and either puts it around his shoulders, if he's in the Greek tradition, or drapes it over his forearm, if he's in the Russian tradition. Take note of this A'er. I'll come back to it in a moment. After the priest has done this, he takes up the gifts, the bread in his left hand and the chalice of wine in his right, and exits out the side door of the altar. After circling the church, the priest re-enters the altar area through the beautiful gates and places them on the altar table. While it's physically bread and wine that's brought forward, they represent an offering of ourselves to God. We are setting our faith, our hope, our lives on the altar, waiting for God to transform the gifts and us by receiving them. What's fascinating about ordination 
is that when a man is brought forward for ordination to the priesthood, he's brought forward in the great entrance. In other words, he's brought forward along with the bread and wine as a third gift. The man is also the people's offering to God, and when he is brought around the church in the great entrance, the air that Veo I said to take note of, is draped over his head. The people are offering this man up as an offering from among themselves. They need a priest, a presbyter, to serve them, and this man has been chosen to fulfill that task. So that we don't make a mess of theology, let's remember that the priesthood is a priesthood of all believers. Every baptized Christian, man and woman, is a priest of this royal priesthood. The man being offered up is, technically speaking, being offered up as an elder, a presbyter of the royal priesthood. That is, he's being offered up to serve a particular role within the royal priesthood. What's important is that this man is being ordained to serve the people. Or to think of it another way, his service to the church, to the people, is an offering to God, an offering that is a sign that God's covenant is still in effect. The offering of a man to be ordained a presbyter is the salt of the earth. But before we stray too far into clericalism, I'm going to repeat what I just said. All baptized Christians are a part of the royal priesthood. While my illustration of ordination is but an example, all of us are called to be the salt of the earth as well. It's our vocation, our responsibility. We are not let off the hook just because we may not be ordained. So, we are called to set an example for the world of what it means to serve God and to live by the good news of Christ risen from the dead. And in doing so, we become an image of God's faithfulness. We become a beacon of hope for a fallen world. We are called to be the salt of the earth by walking the way, which is why I'm issuing a challenge this week. Find a way over the next few days to demonstrate God's enduring love for our world by secretly helping someone in need. It can be someone you know, such as a co-worker or a neighbor, or it could be a complete stranger. Perhaps you can lift their spirits by leaving them a kind note or a small gift. Maybe you buy a coffee for the person behind you in line who is struggling to get to work on time. Or perhaps you know someone's need and you're able to make it happen. Whatever it is, be the salt that makes the offering acceptable. Be the salt and walk the way. Until next time, God bless.